Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitch podcast from PitchLess.com. My name is Nick Pock. Today is June 29th, and yes, of course, yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Do you have PL Plus? No, get out of here. This is just for PL Plus members. Thank you all so much for supporting what we do. Brandon Woodruff won five innings, one and run two at zero walks and 10 strikeouts. He earned 13 whiffs across his fastballs. His velocity was up nearly two ticks to 97 to 98 miles per hour. This is it. Oh, it's so wonderful to see him do that. It's just the question now, is this going to stick the next start or two? It certainly feels like it will. Framber Valdez won eight innings of zero earned runs against the Mets. It's wonderful. It's super weird to see that without the curveball being there, which is very strange. But the curve of uh, the cutter did all right. Got some strikes and the sinker did the rest. And all right, cool. Uh, Robbie Ray is continuing his amazing run with this new sinker since introducing the sinker. He's led just 200 runs in four games. That's amazing. Uh, I would give him the Aces again Ace label after the next one, but then that's the Athletics, and this was the the Orioles. And I feel like that's cheating. So two starts, and you get the AGA back. Robbie Ray, uh, Dean Kramer continued his role. I don't even want to say it's a Vargas rule because I just don't believe this. He had ten whiffs on his cutter last time, only three in this one, twenty six, and nothing's really that exciting. Yeah, he's avoiding the heart of the play. I guess it is like a Vargas rule, but you don't want to actually do that with Dean Kramer. I don't know. I don't. I really don't think he's that good. Uh, Luis Castillo against the Cubs earned a gallows pole with 23 whiffs. Four seamer was amazing. 19 out of 57 four seamers returned a whiff. That's insanity from him as he set 97, 98, 40% CSW on that pitch, but he didn't earn a single one on his changeup. That is zero for 18 changeup whiffs, man. So the whip was bad. Eight base runners in six innings. Can you... Can you do all the things in one night? That would be really cool, Castillo. Josh Winder returned for the Twins, and you're not going to care about him because he is the... Uh, it was the call-up for the doubleheader. He's going to go back to the minors. But it was six innings of zero runs with just one strikeout. Don't go after this. Zach Plesek is still doing well. It's unfortunate he gets the Yankees next because he went zero runs in six innings, seven Ks, and six base runners. Uh, slider has been great. 11 whiffs and 44% CSW. The changeup, not as much. Uh, and it does give me a little bit worry of consistency with it. But as long as the slider is legitimately here, which it is right now, there may be something to be said about Zach Plesak. J.P. Sears came up to give the Yankees a rest on their on their rotation. And he did fine against the Athletics. But just one strikeout in 5.2 innings of shutout ball. Uh, maybe I care about him when he does come up later on. But honestly, I'm not really chasing that. Patrick Corbin dominated against the Pirates. Eight innings, one run, five hits, two walks, 12 strikeouts for a kinkle of a 40% CSW. Insane. 113 pitches, and he had that 40% CSW, which is really hard, which means you have to be more consistent with that high CSW for more pitches, right? A 49% CSW across 51 sliders thrown. Look, like, this was great Patrick Corbin. I'm glad it worked. It feels like he was doing a lot of the same things that just haven't worked. 93 plus mile per hour fastball, sliders were down. It's just, I'm happy it worked. The Pirates can handle it, but no, I'm not believing that he's going to do it again. John Gray, though, I can believe because he's still 96 plus on the heater with a really good slider. What do you know? Seven innings, one run, five hits, two walks, and eight Ks. You keep starting JG right now, even against the Mets next. 
Carlos Rodon reduces fastball velocity to 93.7. And this is a big deal. You know, I was told after I wrote the roundup, I didn't, I wasn't aware that he had a split nail during it. So maybe that was the factor of this one. He did pump it up a little bit later on, but like in the, la- in the last inning, sixth inning here, it was 91, 92. Then all of a sudden he did throw a 97 mile per hour pitch, right? So the reason I have concern is because we saw in the end of last year when he was underneath 94, it stayed at 94. It never got back to the 95, 96 for Carlos Rodon. So, yeah, I'm a little terrified about that. I hope it's just the nail issue or he was, you know, someone was yelling at me on Twitter about, no, it was the Tigers and it was this easy. I'm like, no, no, no. A guy that just doesn't like slow down his arm all of a sudden, you know, it's not how it works, guys. I uh, sure you can be take it easy against like the nine batters, but you don't do it in a start. It, it doesn't work like that. It just it just doesn't for the entirety of it. You know, no. Um, Jose Quintana against the Nationals, six innings, one earned run, four hits, two walks, and six Ks. He, I mean, he still has that good command. Maybe this is a Vargas rule here. If you want to take a shot against the Brewers, uh, I'm not really. I don't know. I don't want to put myself in the way of danger here for Quintana. Uh, Devin Smelter, man. <laughs> I really wanted to make him the top streaming pick, and I just didn't do it. I had Cueto, and then Thompson, and then Smelter. I mean, sure, Cueto was good enough for a streaming victory, but Smelter, nine strikeouts and four base runners, one and run in six innings against the Guardians. Like the other guys, I don't quite buy it, but I understand if you want to do the Orioles next, and that's fine. You're like, yeah, okay, do the Orioles next. He'll be a streaming pick of the day if he's still under 20%, which I doubt he will be. Um, I don't really, I mean, he's not going to get nine strikeouts again, guys. Uh, none of his pitches earn more than three whiffs. So you can say, oh, he's got the depth of repertory. No, that means that he needs the depth of all of it to be consistent, which is not typical. Um, Shane Boz is moving up to that ace is going to ace label. He's going to get it in July if he keeps doing this. 5.2 innings, one run, three hits, two walks, six Ks. I did my video on him today because he's just so stud and he might get the rookie of the year. Uh, Frankie Montas against the Yankees, six innings, two and runs, four hits, two walks, and seven Ks. And he's earned his ace is going to ace label because he did this against the, Yan- against the Yankees. I know he got some calls against Judge and everything. I get it. But the splitter was super legit, and I wonder how much his value will go up when he gets traded at the deadline. I uh, Charlie Morton against the Phillies took a step back. Eleven base runners, four walks here, two and runs, five point two innings, and five Ks. The fastball wasn't as uh, as dominant as we've seen, but he gets Cincinnati next, and hopefully this is just a pit stop. Hopefully he'll be all right. Ross Stripling, I got to hand it to him. I was really terrified, saying no, I don't want to start him against the Yankees or the Red Sox. Five innings, two and runs, five hits, one walk, three Ks against the Sox here, as he also did well against the, the Yankees. I, uh, It's weird. He gets the raise next. I think I'm starting him for that, I guess. You know, questionable start guy. All right. I don't really think that Stripling does a whole lot, and it might just be one of those good runs. I know I'm saying about like 20 guys today, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sold on a lot of them. Uh, and Stripling is kind of one of them, but I understand if he's helped your teams out a lot, and you're like, Nick, what the heck, man? You got to love Stripling more. I'm like, eh. That's not really for me. Zach Wheeler ace is going to ace with eight strikeouts, six base runners, a 6.1 innings. Sure, three runs, but whatever. Johnny Cueto, poor quality start. Good enough. I don't really love it. <laughs> uh, Sean Manaya, um, it was a careful Icarus. He came back out for the seventh, and uh, I should have mentioned that in the, in the, um, in the roundup. But yeah, three runs, six base runners, seven Ks. Sure, that's fine, Sean Manaya. Kyle Freeland survived against the Dodgers while... Inside of cores, while Clayton Kershaw could not, you just shake off the Clayton Kershaw one. Freeland, you're not. I'm not going to buy into that. Dakota Hudson had to coin flip and failed against the Marlins. Tarek Skubal, his fastball did well, but velocity was a little bit down. I think he has a TR right now. I I think once the secondaries do come back in full, he can be good. But 
Yeah, he's going to be dropping on the list even further. He'll probably be going to like the Barrios era of like the 50s at this point, which is really unfortunate, but it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, Tarek, you have not been pitching nearly as well as we need you to, and it's getting to a point of like, I can't take you over other guys that I just feel are on a better path to redemption. Um, Chase Silseth against the White Sox. You might be seeing him now for the read in Reed Detmers' spot. I nothing to chase quite yet. Um, we need to see the splitter really take over, and it hasn't. We have uh, Keegan Thompson going against the Reds. He had eight strikeouts, but it was more of just kind of a dispersion of, of whiffs. And I generally believe less in multiple pitches getting whiffs for a low amount than one or two pitches getting a lot individually. It just kind of means less about the plus ability and it's just more sequencing and, and working out and that just doesn't isn't as sticky to me just so you understand that um, but 6.1 innings four and runs eight hits zero walks against the reds and gets the red sox next so you don't need to hold on for that uh, michael Walker against the jays i mean yeah you didn't expect them to work out like you don't start walking against toronto uh connor pilkington came up for the double header didn't do well and never mind and there's another double header against the tigers Maybe if you're if you need an A only streamer, but I don't want to do that in a twelve teamer. Braxton Garrett against the Cardinals, meh, whatever. Uh, not really for me. Uh, Zach Gallon struggled. Um, this was him with just the fastball and the curveball, and he made some mistakes. And the Padres jumped on him in that fifth frame. Oh man, they just let him out there to die uh, for all six runs. Uh, hopefully he rebounds against the Giants. I think I'm still starting him there. Carlos Carrasco got the Astros, and he shrugged his shoulders. He gets the Reds next, and that's fine. And Jonathan Easley against the Rangers just did really poorly, and there's no reason to chase him moving forward. Looking forward to today's starters and make sure you check out yesterday's podcast to check out today's review and tomorrow's as well. Nothing really changes. Um, maybe it is Jalen Beeks instead of Jeffrey Springs. That's the only major difference. But Alcantara, Otani, Verlander, Manoa in that top tier. Probably start is Kyle Wright because the Phillies are uh, worse without Harper. Julio Arias, in, even though it is Coors, uh, Tyone against Oakland and Kopech against the Angels. And the question will start here is large. You have Alex Wood, Clevenger, Hunter Green, Eric Lauer, Nick Pavetta as this kind of mid-year top tier of that third tier. Um, hopefully Lauer does have that velocity again and, and is able to take down the Rays. While Pavetta is kind of this Vargas role. Well, then the bottom half of it is a lot more of your boring guys that maybe can give you 5-6. That is Zach Granke, Chris Flexen, Mitch Keller, Tywin Walker, and Andre Pallante. Mitch Keller being the stream pick of the day, and oh boy, I'm not looking forward to that, but he's been good for the last four starts and gets the Nationals. And they do not start here. You have Justin Steele, Dylan Bundy, Paulo Spino, Dane Dunning, Kyle Quantrill, Madison Bumgar. All these are pretty much bad matchups, just guys you don't want to trust. Uh, and then you have Ranger Suarez, Ronnie Garcia, Herman Marquez, Cole Irvin, Austin Voth, and Jalen Beeks now going uh, for the Rays. So don't want to touch any of that. All right, so today is Wednesday, which means I look at the roster ship on Fantasy Pros, and I see... Uh, who would I be selling high on or buying low on? And I'm not seeing too much in the, the higher echelon of, of names. I mean, Logan Gilbert's still a little bit. Nestor Cortez at 95% as well. Sean Manaya 94. Those aren't guys that are really as good as, say, Severino's at 93. Uh, but nothing too shocking here for me that I'm like, oh, no, you got to get out of this now. Um, Louis, I, I'm curious how people feel about Sonny Gray at 89%. Lance Lynn at, at is obviously you can't really buy low 90%. Um, yeah, Tyler Anderson is still a sell high to me. Same with Martin Perez, but honestly, it's about what you can get back. If there's any major guys at the top of just like, oh, everyone thinks these are amazing, kind of like how it was with, with Walker Bueller. Uh, Kyle Wright, I think, is a prime sell high at the moment. I think a lot of people are thinking they have this SP23, and I don't really see that. For the year, I'm still buying low on Lucas Giolito a bit. 
Uh, but let's uh, let's see moving on here. Uh, I am still selling Carlos Carrasco, but really I think that that Sheen has lifted. I'm buying everywhere for Shane Boz. Absolutely. I don't know if I'm necessarily buying on uh, Christian Javier. Um, and I'm selling Nick Pavetta. Absolutely. Same with Jameson Tyone in there. Um, let's see. I buying John Gray, 63% rostered. I uh, selling Corey Klubering and I, yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys I know are just kind of rostered for the sake of being decent enough as Toby's and not really actually in high regard. Uh, if we're going down into the 35% or lower at this point, who would I be buying and being interested in? Yeah, keep taking chances on Alex Cobb. You got nothing to lose kind of there with these matchups that he has. Um, I think he's better than the results have been. I think everyone kind of knows that at this point. You don't need me for that. And the really interesting ones, yeah, 24% Ronzi Contreras. I'm still kind of in on that one. Devin Smeltzer at 17% roster. I think you should go after for his next start um, against the Orioles. Uh, Dean Kramer, I'm not really buying in on. Same with Jose Quintana. I, yeah, really, really aren't many low rostered guys. I'm like, oh yeah, that is a slam dunk. I don't really see that. Tyler Wells at 25%. Sure, that's okay. David Peterson as well, 27%. Okay, consider those. Let's see. Not too many others. There's got to be a name somewhere. I'm like, aha, there's one. Look at Mitch White. Maybe he does make his breaking balls just a little bit better um, to make him worthwhile here. Mitch Keller, honestly, the last four starts have been good with that sinker introduction. And maybe he is something worthwhile. But yeah, I don't have a great one for you this week. I think the fantasy uh, landscape for starting pitchers is a little barren at the moment. It's what we normally see getting close to the all-star break. And then it pops off in the end of July normally. Uh, but that's all right. That's going to do it for today. Unless I find someone else. Yeah, that's it. So thank you so much for supporting what we do. My name is Nick Pollock. And may your babas be low and your strikeouts high.